Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 76. Today is an exciting day because we have a guest, an out-of-towner, and uh, I'm really excited about that because uh, hopefully that means that the podcast is spreading beyond Tulsa. I know it's the Young Businessman of Tulsa podcast, but hopefully the topics that we're talking about are covering such a wide variety of topics. It's bringing in a larger audience, and that's something that I'm definitely excited about. But I'm also excited to bring guests from outside of Tulsa because I don't think it necessarily matters geographically where you are. I think it's more about the clues that success leaves behind and just some of the principles that we're able to tap into in our conversations. And so uh, as I've kind of been on this journey of podcasting and content creation, uh, it's it's so exciting that uh, I'm so much more aware now of the relationships that I have or the people that I'm connected with because I'm actively searching for, you know, what's somebody's story or what what's uh, somebody done in their life or accomplished or, or what are they trying to do and what can we learn from that? And so for me, it's exciting because I'm able to meet new people and in this case, actually reconnect with somebody that I've, uh, that I knew a long time ago. And uh, I don't know that I can fully narrow down exactly how I know Joey, uh, other than that he lived in Tulsa for a while, went to school at ORU. And so we intersected a little bit in terms of uh, groups of friends. But Joey actually reached back out to me and was kind of talking about some of the projects that, that he's doing now. And I said, you know what? based on some of the stuff I've seen on your YouTube channel and other stuff, uh, I think it'd be fantastic to have you on the podcast to talk about some of the things that you're doing. So I want to go ahead and introduce Joey. Joey Papa has served in the creative arts as a visionary executive producer, writer, director, and on-camera talent for countless brands such as Jockey, Target, Intel, GE, Mary Kay, the multi-platinum Grammy-nominated rock band Skillet. In 2016, Joey released his first feature documentary in the land of Canaan and is currently, uh, not currently, actually has produced uh, Unwanted, a short film that addresses the foster care crisis. Joey is a devoted husband, father, and advocate for children in need. Originally from New Jersey, he now calls Wisconsin home. So Joey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the Young Businessman of Tulsa podcast uh, and reaching out and reconnecting. I'm looking forward to, to having this conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I know I talked a little bit about who you are and what you do, uh, but I didn't touch on a lot of things that you have going on right now. So if you don't mind, tell everybody a little bit about um, what you do with uh, the Joey Talks that you do. Also, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your book, uh, Creating and Your Happiness. So can you fill in some of the gaps of some of the things that I missed out? Yeah, sure. So I think ever since I was young, I've always um, was told and have always excelled in the creative arts. It's been, it was like a hobby and then it became something that I did professionally. Um, and for the last big stint of time in my adult life, I've, uh, 
I've been in the video film world, uh, primarily as a producer director. And um, I have a YouTube channel that I've had for a few years called Joey Talks, which I just talk about life and making it matter, finding all those things in life that actually have meaning and purpose behind them. And I'm an overthinker, like I think all the time. So I needed an outlet. Uh, and that YouTube channel became my outlet where I can just share my thoughts. People always t uh, tell me that I'm a very deep thinker. Um, and I am, I can't turn it off. And so I needed some way to express it. Uh, my hope is that one day Joey Talks could become a platform where we do explore deeper meaning um, and create content, you know, original content. Right now it is me talking. Uh, so hopefully one day, you know, it could be have more of a format that's more stylized and more produced. But for right now, it is a place where I'm able just to express things that have helped me in my life um, creatively, philosophically, emotionally, um, just little moments of clarity and breakthrough that I've had that I want to share with the world. So, Well, I believe we're kindred spirits on that because uh, I, I'm finding in myself, not necessarily creativity side, I do believe that I have that as well, but uh, having the ability to talk and kind of verbalize a lot of those thoughts that you have, yeah. when you're able to do that, I believe for me, they, bec they become more well-developed, if you will. So like uh, a thought is one thing, but when you have the ability to verbalize it and have a conversation with somebody about it, those thoughts actually become more than that. And I I'm excited about what, what that brings, but uh, for you, and, and I've watched some of the videos that you have on your channel, I feel like it's more than just thought. I feel like it's emotion and it's vulnerability and it's so much more than just a conversation. It's almost, uh, would, would I dare say a diary of some of the things that you're, you're going through. Um, and so yeah. if you don't mind, talk a little bit about your willingness to be that vulnerable with essentially the world. Well, I, I in my opinion, I think with, uh, the introduction of being able to go live on Facebook and just things being more accessible. It's like we are inundated now with everyone's opinions. We're inundated with everyone trying to give us their piece of advice. And it actually becomes quite tiresome. Um, and sometimes you can even become a little jaded in like, you know, someone telling you another reason why you should be happy today. And for me, I've always lived on um, a level of authenticity and wanting, and I've been changed the most in my life by rubbing shoulders or coming up against people who aren't afraid to be vulnerable and honest. And I really feel like that's what we're looking for when everyone's giving their advice out there in the world. <laughs> we're not really looking for a guru to listen to. What we really want is someone that is able to show their humanity, show their struggle, show how they overcame. Um, and in doing so, we feel like we're one with them. We feel like, oh, I'm a part of what they're a part of, as opposed to like, again, this person floating, you know, this guru out there somewhere and you can't really attain to where they are. And a lot of times I feel like that's what a lot of opinion and advice is. It's a lot of uh, talking down to or trying to get people to go up to a place where someone else is. But that's never worked for me. Honestly, mm -hmm. it hasn't. It's always come through the person who's allowed themselves to be brave and to be courageous and to show those weak, dirty uh, parts that we all want to cover up. But when someone does show them, we feel this tremendous sense of connection and desire to do the same thing in our lives. So that's kind of where that stems back to. And I hope to do with my channel. Um, I've been through, you know, a few things in life. I've lost a child. I've had a child with, with special needs, um, which took a toll on my personal life, my family, my career, all of that stuff. So, you know, once you've been through life a little bit, 
I think you begin to realize what actually matters and what doesn't matter. Um, you mm -hmm. try to focus on those things that do matter. Um, and vulnerability has been one of those things to me that has changed my life the most. So that's what I hope to do for others through the YouTube channel. I've watched some of the videos where you talk about Kanan and uh, kind of uh, just all the emotions that you're dealing with. And I've never experienced anything like that. I'm sure a lot of people uh, have some different levels of things that they've experienced, but it's hard to completely relate to something when you've never been through it. But I would venture to say that when I watch things like that, I can feel a percentage of it. I can feel, I can feel the pain expressed and I can feel some of those things that you're going through. And I, for me, if I was ever in a situation where something like that had happened or there's people in situations like that have happened, there's almost a, an instant bond that's created by that vulnerability and that willingness to express those emotions on those things. So uh, I'm curious to if you've had people reach out to you from some of the things that you've posted about those things uh, to the point where you've actually created a lot of connection because of that to people that are probably strangers you would have never talked to. Uh, and now you have this kind of common bond that you can comfort and console each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's been lots of people who end up reaching out, especially with the topics that I end up touching on. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, you deal with any um, negative emotion, no matter what it is, whether you got a bad grade on an exam or you lost a child. Yeah. Both of that negative emotion, once you, it typically isolates you. You feel very isolated and alone. So the moment you hear someone who's going there and is trudging through those waters you instantly want to reach out it's kind of like yeah. a knee-jerk reaction because you feel like oh awesome i'm not alone <laughs> yeah there actually is someone else else out there in the universe that is experiencing this and i think all human emotion is um is experienced by all of us on different degrees different levels um different ways of expressing it but i think human emotion is it's the number one way to get to people mm. um it doesn't matter if you're in you know, the business world, you're in the creative arts, whether you're, you know, um, pursuing being an influencer, whatever the, the path may be, it's our, it's our human experience that connects all of us. That's one of the biggest keys to um, having people come out of that place of isolation and getting more and more comfortable being vulnerable and authentic. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome that you've created that channel. For me, it's one of those things where, so a lot of times when you see people creating content, whether it be through uh, YouTube vlogs or through some of the uh, documentaries they do or even the podcasts that we have. It does take a little bit of creativity to kind of get to that point. But um, I want to kind of circle around to your book a little bit where you talk about creating uh, creativity and your happiness, because uh, when I first read that and I start, first started kind of thinking about um, the title I immediately went to something that I've heard uh, multiple times before, and that is that you choose happiness. You choose to be upset. You choose to be somebody who is offended. You choose all these different things. And I believe that kind of in your title, if I'm reading a little deep into it, you actually are in control of creating your own happiness. And I, for me, it's one of those things that if you listen to some of the things that you've been through, there's probably been times where you've literally had to find a way to create happiness because of some of the situations that you've been through. So I'm kind of curious to hear about that process of like, from, from your point of view, when you're not happy, 
how do you actually go and use and leverage that creativity that you have to create happiness in your life? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, I'll start here. The book itself is, has a lot to do with the connection between being creative and entering into a creative space and mindset mm-hmm. and how that ends up producing happiness in your soul. Um, I think all of us by nature are creative, whether we identify with that or not. There is a creative force that's at work within all of us um, that when we are a part of that process, it creates a sense of satisfaction and contentment within us. So that's kind of where the the book um, explores, you know, kind of shows some of the research that that's behind that and just my own personal experience. But for me, when I'm not happy, the number one thing that works for me, which is not popular <laughs> to say, or people have a hard time, even my own mind rejects yeah. this as soon as I say it, is that I'm choosing to be unhappy. Like when I'm not happy, I tell myself, Joey, you're not unha- you're unhappy because you're choosing to be un- unhappy. And what I mean by that is that I'm the only thing that I am actually in control of is my perception and how I see myself, how I see the world, how I see my life. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the reason why I'm unhappy is because the lens to my soul is clouded and I'm seeing incorrectly. And so then therefore that creates a sense of suffering, a sense of pain, a sense of discontentment and unease and lack of peace. And so, um, for me, because I am always in a creative, there's always like a creative pressure on my life because it's what I do for a profession. Um, I have found that creativity is an awesome outlet, especially when I'm stuck um, mm-hmm. in in a negative space to get me out of that place and kind of elevate me. Like when you take off in an airplane, going above the clouds where the sun is always shining, um, creativity is kind of the airplane. It's the vehicle that can take you through the clouds and above, you know, so you can get back up into the sun space where you're inspired and able to be free, free in yourself, free in your mind, free in your spirit, so that you can um, allow that creative juice, if you would, to flow through you. I love that quote. Creativity is the airplane that carries you above. That's that's such a great analogy for that. Uh, you said earlier, though, that you believe that everybody has some form of creativity in them. But I think a lot of times people they would say to themselves, I'm not creative. Um, yeah. And I think that almost <laughs> that's something that maybe they've been told by other people or they just haven't really exercised the creativity that they have. So why do you believe that people believe um, that they're not creative or why do you believe that people stop being creative? I think that's the key right there is obviously the most creative section of humanity are children. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the most creative people and it's because they're on no one they haven't learned yet that they're not supposed to be that way they haven't been taught that it's not okay to think that you're an astronaut when you're just sitting in a box you know what i mean they haven't been educated that way yet and i do think that every every human being is creative we're creative by nature um all of us have different levels and ways of expressing that creativity so i definitely will give that to people like well i'm not creative you just your creativity actually just may express itself in a different way. I think a lot of times when people think of creative people, they're thinking, oh, an artist or someone that's in a way of expression, you know what I mean? Whether they be in theater or a graphic designer or a filmmaker or whatever it may be, that that's not what we mean when we are talking about creativity. Accountants can be very creative. Lawyers are very creative. It's anytime you come upon a problem, you need to find a solution. You need to find a way to solve that problem. And creativity is that energy that, that you're operating in to find, to solve that problem. So 
when you realize that, oh, two of my kids are at school and my third one just got sick, how am I going to pick them up? You have to use creativity to figure out the solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it comes from very small instances in life into very large ones. And I think there's been a polarization between, oh, I'm either creative or I'm logical. And it's just not true. It's just not the way it works. All of the greatest innovations in our world have come from the marriage of creativity and logic. Creativity and logic actually are um, intended to be a marriage, not arch enemies. And they're portrayed a lot of times as arch enemies. People go, oh, I'm, I'm very logical. I'm very this you know, side of my brain, which that may be the tendency you know, that you go towards, but, but that's not to say you're not creative. Um, and so I do, again, it's, <laughs> I think it's seen the best in innovation. You know, we look at companies like Google or Apple or even Amazon. Amazon's a very logical company, but they've used creative ways in order to connect the dots in a way that no other company has before. And so now they're like uber <laughs> uh, <laughs> successful because they're, they're using both. And I think people who end up being very successful tap into that marriage of the logical and the creative and don't exclude one without the other or think to themselves, I'm just this way. You know what I mean? Uh, even myself, being a creative professional, I use logic all the time. You know, logic is very strong and has to be. If there's no logic holding my feet to the ground, well, then I'm not going to do well in business. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like a given. So, so yeah, I think it is. It's it's reconciling that we are both. It's not that we're either or, but that we all are both. Again, different extents and different people, but we we possess both within us. Well, I'm glad that as a creative person, you have recognized that you do have logic in you because I, I've met a couple of creative people that I feel like logic completely eludes them. <laughs> and I think it's just they've over-exercised the creativity muscle that uh, the, the logic part doesn't come into play. And so I was always the guy that had to bring logic back in to the situation and, yeah. and, and almost take the creativity that they had and, and say, okay, I see where they're going with this, but how do, how do we put these, these two things together? So I definitely love that analogy. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you though is, so let's say for example, you have those people that, that believe that they're not creative or have been told that they're not creative and uh, have really suppressed the creativity inside of them. What would you say are some things that we can do uh, to exercise our creativity or to try to reawaken the creativity inside of us? Well, it's funny. Creativity, I think a lot of times too, gets this like uh, bad rap that it's someone who's fluffy and wears a tutu and is just like all over the place. You know what I mean? Emotionally undone all the time. Um, and I think sometimes the starting place for people who aren't creative or don't identify themselves as a creative is when we engage in a creative act we actually feel invigorated the same way that someone may feel invigorated from getting on a roller coaster or someone may go do something that's very bold or courageous or, um, you know, something they're not used to doing. It's really getting over the fear of being wrong. And I think that's what keeps people away from engaging in creative action or even thinking that they're creative is because it's very vulnerable to be creative. Anytime you're creative, you're putting a self, a piece of yourself out there in the universe. And anytime you put a piece of yourself out there, you are putting yourself out there to be criticized. You're putting yourself out there for people to say, you're doing this wrong. This is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. And we as humans don't like that. We don't like <laughs> feeling that way. We don't like being told that. 
Um, and so for me to be creative actually takes a lot of boldness. It takes a lot of courage because you cannot be creative and not be vulnerable. Like it's just part of it. And so I think sometimes people tend to hide behind the logical side of themselves. And maybe even that is their strength. They tend to hide behind it because if you are an accountant or you are a lawyer or you are a doctor, you know, one plus one equals two, it's very safe because it all makes sense. But when you enter into that space of being more creative, you know, again, it, it takes you to this place of kind of not being so put together, um, but allowing yourself to flow. Um, I always tell people, if you want to get a little exercise um, and you want to be creative, it doesn't take a lot of effort or work. All you got to do is find some friends or if you have kids, get some kids, put on some music and have a dance party. Like let yourself go. Just be free just to like do something stupid, something that seems ridiculous, something that seems uh, mindless and nominal and just do it. Or if you, I, when I do some speaking engagements, I bring finger paints with me and I hand out paper and have everybody finger paint for five minutes. I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell them what they need to how they need to paint, just paint. And it's amazing how the energy changes in the whole room. Like just by doing a dumb, simple, childlike act of dancing or playing with Play-Doh or painting finger paints or whatever, it will unlock parts of your brain that you haven't accessed before or haven't accessed in a while. And all of a sudden you feel refreshed. It's really, it's really an interesting exercise to do. And I'm telling you though, anyone out there that's listening right now, there's resistance that you'll be met with immediately, immediately. Say to yourself, oh, after I listen to this podcast, I'm going to play with some Play-Doh. You're going to be like, why am I going to do that? Like you have all these like mental chatter <laughs> that will be like, I shouldn't do that. Why would I do that? Uh, but once you do it, you'll find a release. It's amazing. Uh, you had to bring up dancing. That's that's probably the <laughs> one thing that I, <laughs> I do not excel at. Um, you just do it by yourself then. <laughs> Don't let anybody see it. Yeah, no mirrors in the room for that one. Yeah. It's so funny that you brought up courage. Uh, I We just recorded podcast number 75 yesterday with a girl uh, named Judith, and she is uh, she's an entrepreneur who created an organization called In Her Shoes, and, and her, her entire goal with that is to uh, challenge people to be 1% more courageous. And mm -hmm. what would you do if you had 1% more courage? And it sounds like to me that 1% more courage is the thing that's going to help drive the creativity inside of you. It's going to push you outside of that comfort zone to dance, to, to think outside the box or to try to solve things or unlock things inside your brain that you probably didn't know that were in there. And <clears throat> when she first challenged me, she said, I want to know what you would do if you were 1% more courageous. Hmm. And I really struggled with that. Uh, I really struggled with that question at first because uh, I think I overthought it. I, yeah. I, I thought too hard about, well, what would I do? Would I launch another business or would I uh, try to develop a new product or whatever else? And I think what I should have thought first was, if I was 1% more courageous, I'd probably just start dancing <laughs> because that would For get real. me vulnerable and that would, that would get my head unlocked and that would uh, start to get those creative juices, if you will, flowing. And I think that that's what the 1% looks like. Mm -hmm. Now the 1% leads to something else. It's not just, well, I'm 1% more courageous. And, and then when I, I think the challenge is taking that 1% to unlock that, to use that creativity, to unlock whatever that next thing is, make yourself vulnerable, make yourself uncomfortable so that you can 
exercise that creativity and, and grow it beyond what you think it can be. Yeah. And again, I think it's decompartmentalizing creativity. So again, people listening may be like, well, I'm, I don't really need creativity. We do every single day in our life. We do. We, we need it to solve problems. We need it to deal with life issues. We need to, to we need it to deal with our own selves or our relationships. And I think it is like a muscle. And if you're not using it, then you're not getting the benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, I think doing one thing a day, that is just a, a teeny bit of a creative exercise will help you even in the middle of your workday. If you're feeling like that lull around one or two o'clock after lunch, you're like, Oh gosh, I got to sit here for another three, four hours. Like just engage with something for three or four minutes that is childlike, that is mindless, that is, you know, creative in nature and you'll feel refreshed. Yeah, I think we, so we talked about this a little bit on the phone when you're trying to solve something, right? It, it, you're using that creativity to kind of step away from something and uh, tap into your subconscious. Is that, are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think everyone at some point comes to the, comes to a, a, a wall. So if you're trying to solve a problem, if you're trying to you know, improve your relationship with someone, whatever it may be, you, you get to a place where there's a wall, you hit a wall. And at that point is when logic kind of stops working. Like you've gone through all of the logic as much as you can. You feel like you're on a hamster wheel. You just can't get through it. And it's at that point is what I, what I always term as um, tapping into the magic. And part of how that works is you take whatever the problem is, uh, whatever situation you're facing. Again, it could be something in your job, relationally, whatever it is. You think about that problem. You think about why it's a problem. You think about all the reasons that and the ways you've tried to solve it. And then you completely let it go and go do something mindless. Um, they've actually found this with uh, NASA creators, um, with Einstein, even Steve Jobs used this method. It, basically what it is is after you logically think about something for five minutes and you let it go, you go do something mindless. You go to the bathroom. You go take a shower. You go for a drive. You go for a walk you go play with Play-Doh, whatever it is, your subconscious actually will do the work for you and come up with solutions without you even trying to think of the solution. And that's why people call those like the light bulb moments or the moments when all of a sudden they're like, oh, I get it. Um, and they've kind of traced this back through history that all of those big moments where it's like, oh, we found out the law of relativity was actually an accumulation of of years of conscious thinking, 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 but then it comes in a moment when you're not consciously thinking, the subconscious puts all of the pieces together and gives you that bing, and you have that <laughs> aha moment. And so yeah. it, it has worked for me. It works for me all the time. And it's counterintuitive because what we want to do is when we can't figure something out, we want to hone in on it more. We want to think about it more, but we end up frying your brain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Frying that part of you that's that's overthinking it. And so you need to let it go and trust that your subconscious will do the magic for you and serve it to you. <laughs> I love that. Tap into the magic. I, I, I'm literally picturing Sir Isaac Newton as sitting under a tree, just chilling. And then all of a sudden an apple falls on his head and he's like, gravity, got it. Yes. Totally nailed it. I mean, that's right. He's and tapping into the magic. <laughs> there's, and there's tons of research to show this, that that, that has happened time and time again it's years and years of someone consciously studying or doing something and then it's in a moment where they're not doing anything quote unquote that it, the answer the solution comes to them what role does curiosity play in creativity do you believe that like when you're 
you're taking some of that uh, time away from really focusing on something uh, and tapping into being curious. Uh, do you feel like that is almost like fuel for creativity? Absolutely. I, I, I think it was uh, Elizabeth Gilbert who said, follow your curiosity. And I think all of us as humans, we, we always want to be growing and evolving and changing. Like that's just part of our nature. And I think when we get stuck in life, um, following your curiosities is a way to unstuck you to keep you to continue to develop. So, you know, if someone, if something's been appealing to you, like for me, I've never done this yet, but hip hop dancing is, I would love more than anything to like, you know, take classes on that. And it's something that I'm so curious about. And I think I would love to participate in it and I haven't done it yet, but one day after my kids are grown, maybe I'll be a 50 year old hip hop dancer. <laughs> but again, it doesn't even have to be something that you are pursuing to do professionally. I mean, if you're just curious about economics or you're curious about skydiving or you're curious about whatever computer programming, it doesn't have to become a career thing. I think that's what we think in our minds is like, Oh, if I'm going to spend any time on anything, there has to be some real purpose behind it. Well, the purpose of just following your curiosity is to fuel your soul and yourself, you know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing what you'll find and discover how one thing leads to another when you just allow yourself to be curious. Cause I think a lot of times we withhold from ourselves, those curious thoughts because we think it's just pointless or it's useless. Yeah. I sometimes get frustrated by curiosity, not necessarily my own curiosity, but other people's curiosity. I feel like uh, sometimes when they're like asking those qu questions to be curious, I'm just like, well, I've already told you like, I, I like X, Y, and Z that's it. And they're like, but yeah, no, I get that. But what about this? And I'm like, Oh, so uh, it's so funny to me that like it, you kind of get to this point where you're an adult per se. And it's almost like you suppress the curiosity and you suppress the creativity and you don't want to call it what it actually is. Uh, and you get frustrated by it. But so, so this is me talking to myself. Um, it, you you kind of need to, just relax a little bit and be okay with curiosity because that curiosity hopefully is going to lead somebody to be creative. And that creativity is going to hopefully help them find out what their purpose is or what they were designed to be. Because, you know, all those little things that we do to try to suppress things that annoy us or frustrate us or whatever else uh, could actually be something that uh, discourages somebody from being creative or, or really striving to be something that they don't yet know what they are, but that curiosity is hopefully leading them to that point. So yeah. uh, that's a little bit of a gut check for me. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, um, is something you said earlier was that, uh, that creativity reveals something about us and it actually brings us life uh, in some instances. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, how you, the, the correlation of creativity and actually uh, have finding more life inside of yourself? Mm. Well, I think anytime you engage in creativity, you're, you're engaging with yourself and it is, it's a self-discovery process because as you are engaging with yourself, like create <laughs> thing with creativity is that as you, as you participate with it, there's an element of it where you're, um, you're no longer in control. So you kind of partner with this experience in order to, um, you know, allow things to 
connect or to flow with you. And so I think it is, it's like self-discovery. And I think sometimes we're afraid of that. Again, like I said before, because whenever you do uh, discover or create, you're putting a part of yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but, but there's a part of us that needs to be expressed. And I think a lot of frustration and a lot of anger in people's lives come from this suppression that we do to ourselves. And again, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it does have to do with fear, it has to do with fear of being wrong, the fear of, uh, listen, we're all little kids inside still. I don't care what anybody says, how old you get. We're all afraid of being made fun of. We're all afraid of being told that we're not good enough or that we don't have what it takes. And so that's what keeps us from, that's what holds us back. Um, it's everything you experienced when you were seven years old in second grade. And all of those little fears you had are still now with you, except now you're just in an adult body with an adult brain. And so you just process it different, but it's all the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's getting to the point where you want, you want more of that level of inner peace and contentment than you do care about being ostracized or being told that was not good enough or dumb or whatever it may be. And the benefit of engaging in self-discovery and self-expression you know, is greater than that fear. You said in your book that a lot of people suffer from pent up creativity and that's really where the true frustration is coming from. It's not necessarily uh, unhappiness or anything else. It's, it's just, you've, you've restricted yourself so much uh, uh, to the point where you're so frustrated because you haven't been able to get that stuff out. Absolutely. We, I don't think, I don't know if there is anything greater in, in humanity that causes us to get so, pent up and frustrated that when we are conformed, we, we are not meant to be conformed. We're not meant to be mm-hmm. conformists. And so when we all just conform to a system or to a mindset or to whatever, we feel completely misunderstood. We feel like we're not being seen, heard. Um, and that's what creates that sense of isolation. And when people get isolated, they get crazy. I mean, there's yeah. a huge correlation between mental illness and the increase in that and feeling completely isolated. So I think there's something to be said about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that's awesome. Um, I appreciate you kind of talking on this, this topic. I'm really enjoying kind of all the different things that we're talking about here. Uh, But one of the things I always like to have my guests do as we kind of wind this down is uh, give them an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. So Hopefully by now you've got a better understanding of who the audience is and what we're trying to accomplish here. But um, uh, what would you say your message is to young business leaders? Draw outside of the lines and to venture outside of the box just a little bit to see what it's like. Um, I would definitely say that it's imperative that every single day there is a minor creative act that we intentionally and purposely engage with. Um, it keeps us alive. It keeps us feeling like we're human and it feels, it keeps us connected to other people. Um, especially at those low moments or the moments where it feels blah and there's no color or life, uh, engaging in something creative will, um, tap into a part of our brains that we're not using all the time and create a sense of purpose even within our day. Um, it doesn't have to be this big macro thing like purpose of my life literally just the purpose of our day um and for some people that is even just doing selfless acts i think doing a selfless act is a creative act so go buy someone their groceries or go buy someone a cup of coffee that you don't know or go out of your way to do something um 
kind for someone and you'll feel invigorated. You'll feel alive again. So that's my challenge to people is just to engage in one thing a day that is minorly creative and see what it does in your life. See how it changes your outlook and your perception. I love that. A selfless act is a creative act. Joey, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to my audience, to share your heart. Uh, I will challenge you to be 1% more courageous and take those hip hop uh, classes. I'm excited yeah. to kind of see uh, that video. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind real quick, tell people how they can find you on YouTube and how they can connect with you. Uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. The YouTube channel is called Joey talks. Um, you can find my work, uh, joeytalks.com. And also those two documentaries that you spoke of before, um, you can find those on the YouTube channel as well. Absolutely. Listeners, make sure you check those out. Uh, I've already gone through and, and seen some of the things that he has out there. And if you want a raw conversation with yourself or, or to kind of tune into somebody's raw, raw conversations, check out Joey's stuff. It's, it's definitely uh it's definitely something that I think we all need to experience and realize that, you know, we all are going through things. We're all overthinkers in some capacity and sometimes just getting there and talking about it and connecting with people is, is some of the best ways to do that. So listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.